Welcome to Through the Bible with Dr. Buddy Walls. Today's Bible lesson is Friend with God. Have you ever thought about the Trinity and how that in itself relates to the human race? One reason you can tell that the Arabs do not worship the same God we do is that a single God entity like Allah would represent power in the beginning instead of love. How do I know this? Because it takes more than one to love. And we know God is a God of love. In the beginning, the Trinity was all in agreement with one another. Now, it's hard for our tiny brains to wrap around that, but if that was not the case, he would not be a God of love, but only of power. Also, if that was not the case, power would be primary and love secondary, but we know that is not the case. We serve a God that is a God of friendship for all eternity. We know that friendship communication causes a love relationship, which is primary. God says, I love them that love me. That's conditional, by the way. We also need to keep in mind we were made in the image of God, who is a friendship. God gave examples of that in Scripture. According to the book of James, chapter 2, verse 23, Abraham was called the friend of God. Yes, you can be a friend of God. You can also be an enemy of God. James chapter 4 verse 4 says a friend of the world is an enemy of God. You have church houses all over America full of people that are friends of the world. Have you ever heard of anyone that was dying say, Boy, I wish I had made more money. Or I wish I had spent more time at work. Or I wish I had more power, more prestige. No. Many say, I wish I had spent more time with my children. I wish I had spent more time with my friends. It is always about relationships. My wife and I were talking about that the other day. What happened to the day people gathered on a porch and just talked or built a fire, sat under the stars? In the year we live, people get bored very quickly. They had rather be somewhere getting entertained. The reason people on their deathbed think about relationships is because we were made in God's image, and He is a God of relationship and friendship, and that is primary. Then there is the story of redemption. Did you know that the entire history of redemption is, in one sense, is one gigantic cosmic act of friendship? First of all, God becomes a human being. His Son becomes a human being. And you know what that means in Hebrew. He was made like us in every way except for sin. God knows what it's like to be human. God knows what it is like to live a life more than that on the cross. Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 15, verse 13. John fifteen thirteen. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. No other God of any other major religion could possibly lay down his life for his friends because no other gods went through the first act of friendship, which is incarnation. In other words, I'm going to become like you. So I become vulnerable. I become mortal. In other words, I could die. The immortal puts on mortality with all its shortcomings except sin. He could not sin or he would not be God. He became us, not only in life, but death also. When he hung on the cross, he suffered persecution. He suffered being abandoned. I had a fellow say one time, how could that be? He was God, because of what it says in Matthew chapter 27, verse 46. 
Matthew 27, 46. At about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? There was this famous man, an intellect of his time, you all know him. His name was Aristotle, a genius. He said it was impossible to be friends with a God, which he had several. He said we are too different, which even as a genius, he was wrong. You can be friends with God through prayer. Friendship will give you a framework for prayer. I want to give you five ways to cultivate friendship with God. Number one, something we've talked about many times, obedience, intimacy with God. John chapter 15, verse 14. John 15, 14. Ye are my friends. Ye do if ye do whatsoever I command you. Psalm 6, chapter 66, verse 18. Psalm 66, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. I have found many in the soul winning booth that lost their intimacy with God because of their disobedience. My wife and I have seen so much we could predict ahead of time because of their disobedience. But because of biblical theology, we are not too different, as Aristotle said. Why? Because we were made in his image. And if you're in him and he is in you, you're in his image. And the atonement and the incarnation is on God's side, while his image is on our side. This means we can be friends, God's friend. But keep in mind, God is not just like us. Yes, he's a lot like us because of the atonement and the incarnation, but he's not just like us. And we must never think of friendship with God as treating him like us. There's two reasons obedience is necessary for friendship. One, if you obey him, you will become more like him, and that is called holiness. And for you that have had friendships a long time, you know that over a period of time, they can rub off on one another. The book of Proverbs, chapter 27, verse 17. Proverbs 27, 17 says that. It says, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the counsel, countenance of his friend. Jesus Christ has already done his part in a long way toward us. He's come a long way to become like us. The, incarnate, the incarnation and the atonement. But it's only through obedience that you draw closer to him and become more like him. Without obedience, there cannot be friendship because in friendship, people converge. They come together or like-minded. A true friend does not need to try to be someone else or a plastic Christian. I've said this too many times. Allow God to be God. Allow his work to do its work allow his word to do its work and the best way to do that is obey a woman told a story one time she said her little boy was playing with his toys and some of them was cardboard boxes and such like we used to do like with frying pans and he noticed it was time for his piano lesson and he was late and he dropped everything and went for the, his piano lessons when his mommy went back to the living room he was playing some religious hymns. She said, Johnny, you left your room in a mess. He said, Mommy, I'm singing praise to Jesus. 
She said, there's no use singing praises to Jesus when you're disobedient. Is that not a good picture of many today in the church? Quick to praise Jesus, slow to obey. Many come for a high on Sunday. They want to feel good. They want to be spiritual but not religious. I've seen this in other churches, and you have too. Some come because they like theater. They like theatrics. They try to make others believe they're more spiritual by their theatrics. I like good old-fashioned services as much as anyone else where the spirit is moving. Nothing wrong with that. But I always remember, people can be hindered by theatrics. I've seen it happen in times past. Be genuine, not a plastic Christian. You also need to believe in justification by faith alone. If you're trying to have a relationship with God and you do not understand justification by faith alone, in other words, you are not saved by your works or by your moral efforts, but that it's a gift by what Jesus Christ did on the cross, then you don't understand your relationship with God it has to be a mission mercenary one. In other words, God cannot be your friend, but instead he'll be your boss. Now, when you're working for your employer, you have a relationship. You are the employee. You might be friendly with that employer, but the relationship nature is you have to do X, Y, Z or not get paid or possibly be fired. And it works the other way. Your employer is expected to do, to do X, Y, Z. Or you have the right to resign, find another employer, or retire, my wife fixing to do. This can be a mercenary relationship. We do not need a relationship with God like that. We need a friendship with God. And unless you have the gospel of grace and a deep understanding of justification by faith alone, then you cannot have a friendship with God. It'll be a mercenary one. And you will be doing your thing and you're going to be expecting your benefits. And of course, if God doesn't come through and answer some of your prayers, you're going to say, where are my benefits? And you're going to be ready to walk because you were friendly to God, but not friends. You're not loving because you've been loved. You're just doing because you've been done for now. You know, in Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, he gives you the ultimate meditation on the law of God. If you just look at the Ten Commandments and say, oh, yeah, I could do that, Jesus said, look at this and meditate on it. If you really take a close look at the Sermon on the Mount, I don't know uh, how people keep from being petrified. Someone once said, to believe in Jesus, all you have to do is live according to the Sermon on the Mount. I thank God he saved me from the Sermon on the Mount. And that is some of my favorite scripture. By the way, that is in Matthew chapter 5. If the Sermon on the Mount is required for my salvation, I have no hope. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Here's where people get messed up. I had a Baptist pastor tell me one time, Do not ever tell anyone you are a sinner saved by grace, because you are not. And here's where they get that in Romans chapter 6, verse 18. Romans chapter 6, verse 18. Being then made free from sin, you became the service of righteousness. This is where some fabricate scripture to suit themselves. They wish to be sin free, but this means to be free from the bondage of sin. Big difference. As long as we are in the natural flesh, we're going to fall short. 
If that was not the case, Jesus being our intercessor would be in vain. The only way to delight in the law of God and not find the law of God in everlasting despair is if you can understand that Jesus Christ fulfilled the law of God perfectly. He delighted in his law, in the law. He went to the cross. He lived the life we were supposed to live and he died the death we were supposed to die because that's all taken care of now and I can delight in the law of God. It is now a way for me to please my friend. It tells me what he loves and it tells me what he hates. And now that is no longer an everlasting despair. It is something I can actually use, something I can actually do. In my friendship, it's no longer a way for me to coerce God into giving me benefits, and now it's a way for me to love my friend. Obedience, number one, to cultivate friendship of God. Then belief in the justification by faith alone. Now, thirdly, a dynamic two-way communication. You cannot be friends without two-way communication. Everybody knows, well, prayer is praying to God. But how do you hear God? You see, friendship is not friendship if it's just one way. Sometimes prayer is a flare. The book of Psalms, chapter 61, verse 1. Psalm 61, 1. To the chief musician upon Negahah, a psalm of David, hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. That is how we do sometimes. We shoot up a one-way flyer, but we don't just talk. We need to listen. I've heard people say, God told me this and God told me that. Be leery of that. I believe the Holy Spirit can speak to you without audible words. But if you're not sure of something, you're probably not sure. Stay with God until you are sure. And if you don't get an answer, so be it. God is always on his time scale, not ours. A man kept saying one time, his baby son was going to grow up to be a great preacher man. He died. Uh, he died as a child. What he thought was divine prompting was nothing more than fatherly pride. One way you can know if God is speaking to you, go to the Bible. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. The Bible says the word of God is alive and active. In Genesis chapter 1, God said, Let there be light, and there was light. He does not say, God said, let there be light, and then went ahead and made light. God's word was his power. We have to let our prayer life be galvanized by the word. I'm reminded when Jesus hung on the cross, all of hell dropped down on him, and he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Have we learned anything more about who Christ is in the year we live? does not seem like it, does it? I wanted to share with you one more thing before I close. Uh, you've heard of this AI, artificial intelligence. It's a little bit scary. They were interviewing a robot the other day that was fully equipped with AI intelligence who's supposed to know everything in the world as far as politics and the economy goes. A reporter asked him this question. Do you 
have anything to do with end time events? His answer was quick and simple. Yes, the Antichrist. I believe he will have something to do with uh, end time commerce as far as the economy goes. But I don't think anybody knows right now who the Antichrist is. I don't think he's been revealed yet. But I want to ask you one more question before we close. Are you 100% sure that you're going to go to heaven? 100%. Now, if you're 35%, 50%, 75%, or even 99%, I've got some sad news for you. You're not going to make it. You have to be 100% sure that you're going to heaven. Did you know the Bible actually wants you to know that you've got eternal life? It says in First uh, John chapter 5, verse 13, that you may know that you have eternal life. But the very first thing you've got to do is repent of your sin, recognize that you're a sinner, then repent of that sin. That means give it up, go another direction. If you repent a thousand times, it won't do you one bit of good until you actually give up that sin and go another direction. And then... Uh, you can become, as the Bible says, saved or born again. And then believe on what Jesus Christ did on the cross. He died for, in place of us. He died for our sins. And you will be saved according to the Bible. It's not a if so, think so, might so, maybe so, you know, salvation. It's a no-so salvation. He wants you to know that you are born again. And he wants everyone to go to heaven. He, is, he, he just wants everybody to come to him. I hope you enjoyed this, and we'll catch you somewhere down the road. Dr. Buddy Wall signing off.